0: the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field and in his excitement he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the Again, the king of Heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered one of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. It is a mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds, but it grows into a, a huge tree that birds may nest in. It is the small bit of yeast that permeates a large amount of flour. The kingdom is worth everything. Now, I'm no biblical author, thank God, but I'd like to move these ideas up to the present just a bit. The kingdom of God is like seeing an open house sign and going and finding the perfect house and placing an offer before you even talk to your spouse. The kingdom of God is like finally getting your driver's license and getting into the car alone for the very first time. It's like your retirement account finally reaching the point where you can take the dive and start the next chapter of your life and so you jump at the chance. The kingdom of God is the peace you've been desperately looking for. It is the answer to your frustrations. It is the answer to your shortcomings. It is the missing piece of the puzzle, and it is worth giving everything for. And the only reasonable response to the kingdom is excellence. Now, excellence is a really interesting thing, especially for someone like me, because, hello, my name is Bradley, and I have a problem, and I am a perfectionist. You can ask my teens, you can ask my wife. Heck, you can ask my two-year-old who can barely talk, and he can probably somehow tell you that I'm a perfectionist, even though he doesn't know what one is. Ask the junior high and high school students that I work with here. Um, they can tell you that chill, funny Bradley goes on vacation while perfectionist Bradley finalizes the plan for an upcoming event. And because I'm a perfectionist, there are words, there are ideas that I love. Words that speak to me, like, like details. You know, I have a poster in my office that said, said, it says this, details are what take us from good to great. And man, does that sum me up without any question. If it is my thing, I will plan every detail, I will minimize the unknown, I'll account for every hiccup, I'll I'll make the risk as small as I possibly can, and I will analyze all of the previous data to do that well. Analyzing data, those are other really great words. Man, I could go on with those all day. But excellence? Excellence is a particularly interesting one to me. If I could simply convince everyone to do excellence all of the time, then maybe things would be as perfect as i love for them to be. But there's only one problem with that. Um, I, I work with people. Actually, there's two problems with that. I work with people, and uh, I am a person. And because of those two things, perfectionism isn't really an option. Detailed focus and looking at data and, and, and logical thinking and problem solving before the problem even arises. Those are great things. And you want people with those characteristics in your life. You want those people on your teams. And just like those things, the quest for excellence is admirable. But the quest for perfectionism is impossible. And so I want you to hear me really clearly. The only response to the kingdom of God is not perfectionism. It is excellence. And while someone who struggles with perfectionism, like me, may love the idea of excellence, they are not the same thing, perfectionism and excellence. The only reasonable response to the kingdom is excellence. This morning, um, or whenever you're watching this video, I want to take the time to talk about the kingdom of God, aka the kingdom of heaven. What exactly is this thing, and why is it worth giving everything for? I want to take a look at excellence, and how we push towards it in everything that we do as a church and as a people.
1: The understanding
0: of those things is is vital to the makeup of our church and the makeup of our vineyard movement that we are a part of. That's the purpose of these Foundation Weekends that we've been doing between each series this fall. And I'm excited to unpack one with you today. And that one is this, our commitment to excellence. You can find the value on the wall of the lobby inside of our church building. It says this, we commit to excellence. We believe that losing your life for the kingdom of God is worth everything. So we commit to going all in for our faith. Let me pray for us as we dive in. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you work in us. Thank you, God, that you've called us to excellence, and excellence just comes with being in your kingdom, being your people. And I just pray that our hearts would be open to hear what you'd like to say today. Amen. Well, we're busy people. Likely all of us. We're constantly being pulled in different directions. We're seeking happiness, we're seeking money, we're seeking some peace and quiet from our crazy little ones. Um, You know, we we live in a society that tells us we should be busy. And how many things are we a part of that seem to be fighting for first place in our lives? Every time we finish one thing, there's always something to take its place. You know, my, my, my wife, she, uh, she, she has a crazy job that I will never fully understand because she's way smarter than me. Um, she writes legal documents for businesses, and she assures that they follow all the laws associated with 401ks. And she had this October 15 tax deadline that she had to meet, and that caused her to work as, as many as like 60 hours a week for a few weeks there. And it was a lot. It, it, you know, it, it, that's a big change ready for the big sigh of relief that comes with that date finally passing and her being done with all of those things. But man, I can tell you, it's been a few days now, and I sure don't feel like we've gained back all of those hours. There's always another event, obligation, work thing, kid thing, heck, even church event that pops up. You know, my My, my youth students, they live in the same place. A new activity or sport that they're supposed to participate in, a new requirement by parents, whether it's a chore or a family thing or babysitting, you name it, it's there. And so perhaps you've already heard me say things like give our lives or give up everything, and you you've just tuned me out already. And and maybe that idea for you isn't isn't a new thing, especially in a church setting. You know, if you've been a church for any amount of time, any church, you've likely heard these kind of ideas from the stage before, and you may have become known to it. You may let your mind wander because, because they, it just doesn't make sense for you. And, and truthfully, you may not be watching this because you're looking for something to give your life away for. I mean, you might just be looking for a group of people to hang out with or, or, or looking for an encouraging video to, to push you a little bit more forward in your faith, you know. You, you may be just looking for a group of people to feel connected to. And maybe it's not even for you. Maybe it's for your spouse or your kids, and so you're connecting in a church setting um, because, because you know that they need a wider community. And so, so you're really here for them. Maybe you're here because a parent didn't even give you the option. Maybe you're already set on what you want. You just want to give your hour to watch the video, to go to church, do whatever. Just put your hour in, see a few people, mark it off your list and then go back out to accomplishing the pile of things that's on your plate. Well, this morning, or whenever you're watching this, I'd like to give you the chance to not just tell you what I think. I'd like for you to give me the chance to prove it. Wherever you fall, no matter how busy you are, no matter where where your church experience is, no matter what ideas or thoughts or feelings come up when I say give your life, I just ask for the next few minutes that you would be willing to experience the why behind those ideas, behind those words. And so we're going to look at Matthew 6 first. So it says this. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, if you've been around our church for any amount of time, you may have heard that verse 33 before, and you might have heard it a little different. Seek first the kingdom of God, and these things will be added to you. When we invite you to another church event, we ask you to give away your time, your resources, your energy. Our goal isn't to pull you away from the world. Jesus' commission was quite clear. Go out to all the world and share the good news. And uh, if you're always in here doing stuff with this, then you're certainly not out there. You know, my, my students, um, you know, I, there's always this thing about youth pastors, right? And like kids who do sports and like miss stuff, you know? I would say this to my students. I love that you do activities. And there are times when those activities take you away from youth group. And honestly, that's actually okay with me. As long as you remember that you're called to be like Jesus wherever you are. And so when you're on those teams, when you're doing those activities, that you are extending the kingdom no matter where you are. See, our goal is that you would seek the kingdom of God first. That you would seek it above all else. There are other, other things in your lives. And our, our goal is that you would get rid of all of those things. Because then you're not going out there to share the good news. You know, friends, we're not opening some sort of vineyard compound anytime soon, okay? Because that's crazy. Now, to be honest with you, grocery prices sort of make me think that it's slightly less crazy. But still crazy, we're not doing it, okay? The kingdom of God does not seek to take you out of this world. It sends you into it. It sends you into it. The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign. You know, that's why we heard Jesus say, the kingdom of God is at hand. The, the kingdom of God is near when he launched into his ministry. The rule and reign of God came with Jesus in his ministry. And it was passed on to us through the Holy Spirit. We pray and see healing. We're seeing the kingdom of God advance forward. But it's not an earthly kingdom. There are no boundaries, there's no land marks to you know say this is his versus not his. The extending, the advancement of the kingdom of God happens when the hearts of his people come to him first and then to everything else after. The kingdom is when we experience heaven on earth. It is when love triumphs all else, but it's it's still tangible. You can feel it. It's the difference between our worldly experience where we have to protect ourselves because everything around us is focused on self-preservation and us as individuals could lose to someone else's self-preservation. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom is actually the recognition inside of us that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. There there is nothing that can happen outside of God's permission. And so we don't have to worry. You know, before Pilate sentenced Jesus to death, Jesus told him this in John 18, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And a few verses later he says this, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. The kingdom of God is heaven on earth. It is peace, it is hope, it is love, it is the recognition that even death cannot hold us back. Jesus proved that. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And if that sort of freedom doesn't make your heart jump, if that doesn't sound like the solution, then I have to tell you, I I think you turned your heart off somewhere along the way. And you're refusing to see the truth that's right in front of you. You know, I had a small group leader in junior high. And um, he gave each of us words that were for us that he thought that he thought were from God. And mine went like this. Oh, Brad, Brad, Brad. I used to go by Brad, now Bradley, whatever. Oh, Brad, 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 just relax. Love me because I first loved you. And at the time, I didn't know how pivotal that word would be in my life. And I didn't know that it would be a word that I shared hundreds of times over. But it may be a word for you today. Just relax. Love him because he first loved you and everything else will come with it. Now, kingdom theology is core to the vineyard. It is, kingdom, it is vineyard theology. The kingdom of God is here, brought by Jesus, advancing the Holy Spirit's work in each of us. And a day will come when the kingdom is fully here, and there will be no more pain, and and, and we'll experience perfection because it is not accomplished by the human hand, but by the hand of God. The kingdom is love. The kingdom is our purpose fulfilled. The kingdom is complete freedom from our past. The kingdom is the change that we desperately want to see in the world around us. But if you haven't experienced it for yourself, then of course you're not ready to give your life away for it. Why would you? Hearing someone talk about it, it, that's not enough. The kingdom is not just a lot of talk, it's living by God's power. And and, and that's our invitation as a church in everything that we do, that, that you would experience, that you would live by God's power, not that you just show up here and listen to us talk. And when you do experience it, your response will be excellence. Because there's no other reasonable response. You know, we call it a commitment to excellence. That's how it's written in our values. But I want to make sure that you understand, it's not through this striving that we reach it. We aren't forcing ourselves through it. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit, and the commitment comes as an automatic response. This isn't a battle for what's the most important in your life, because the truth is that once you experience it for yourself, That's when the battle ends. You don't stop working when you experience the kingdom. You just go to work as a different person. You don't stop hanging out with your friends. You don't stop doing your hobbies. You don't stop even dealing with all the extra things that just come with life. You just do them with a new identity. Excellence as a response to the kingdom, it looks like this in your life. It means that being a child of God comes first, it's above everything. You give your first and your best to the kingdom and everything else should, should go through the lens of the truth that you are a child of God, okay? So in everything that you do, it looks like this. I'm a child of God who dot 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 And so if you do that and things start to sound awkward, that's when you might know that there's some change that needs to happen. There's some, there's some things in you that, that God wants to work on. He wants to push you forward to the next. Let me, let me use Joel's example from last week. Um, it would look like this. I'm a child of God who gets angry when my neighbor doesn't mow their lawn. Right? That seems a little off. Here's what it might look like. I'm a child of God who mows my neighbor's lawn. I'm a child of God who loves my neighbor no matter what, because their life is different than mine, but not less important than mine. I'm a child of God who bought my neighbor a lawnmower because I knew that they needed it. That's excellence, friends. I'm a child of God who accepts spit up on my shoulder once a month in the nursery at church, even though it makes me want to vomit in a trash can. Because I remember what it's like to be a young parent. And knowing that a young parent can take their mind completely off of their child for just an hour to go and worship in a worship service, that brings me great joy, and so I do it anyway. That's That's excellence. I'm a child of God who doesn't fight back when someone bullies me or insults me in school. Instead, my heart breaks for their brokenness and I, and I, and I begin to consider the ways that I can help them experience the love that I've experienced because they, they obviously haven't exper- experienced it if their desire is to hurt others around them.
1: I'm a child of God who
0: plays football, who plays basketball, who plays an instrument, who plays a character in a play. And because I'm a child of God when I'm doing those things, my heart is focused on what I can do to lift the other people around me up. I'm not focused on how I can prove myself better than them. And when one of them falters, I give my time and, and, and my energy to help them. I'm a child of God who doesn't let what I'm feeling in this individual moment affect those around me. See, excellence means everything we do, we do for the glory of God. Experience means, experiencing the kingdom means whatever we do, we do it for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews, Gentiles, or the Church of God, so that's pretty much everybody. Don't give offense to anybody. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may, so that many may be saved. Our world tells us this. Whatever is best for me, whatever is the most important, that's what I'm going to do. Now, don't hear me wrong, okay? Self-care is extremely important. Your mental stability is important. You have, as an individual, you have great value. It doesn't say not to do what is best for you. It pushes us towards doing both, right? Don't hear this verse say that you sacrifice your own care for the care of others. It's not, it's not, how can I lift myself up? But it's also not, how can I put myself down to lift others up? Instead, it's this. How can I lift us up? How can I do what is best for myself, but also what is best for everyone? You know, you, you may know um, that worship is a very valuable, invaluable part of what we do here at this church. And as the youth pastor, I run a youth ministry um, that meets on Wednesday nights here in our church building. There were 29 junior high and high school students here this past Wednesday night. It is a great time. I love it. I have the best job. And this had some struggles with having a worship team on Wednesday nights. And over the last month, we've been so blessed to have um, two different couples, Nicole and Josiah and Rachel and Joel, step up um, to give up time to help us with that. And not just give up a a night to come here or there, but also to talk to our student musicians, to begin building them up. Now, Uh, Full disclosure, I have asked both of those couples many times before to serve as a part of the youth ministry team because they're awesome people. And um, they've always clearly told me no, (laughs) which is okay. It's okay. Whether it's time commitment or the age group or simply that they don't feel called, whatever the reason, it's not their thing at this time until I convince them. No, I'm I'm just kidding. But when I reached out with our worship problem, both of those amazing couples responded this way. What is best for us as a community? They're not angry about it. They're not forced into helping. None of them have the ability to come on a weekly basis for the unforeseeable future, but they, they do have the ability to give reasonable amounts of time. Enough time and energy that it's good for them and good for us as a community. They live out this verse I read perfectly. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. They are committed to excellence because they are seeking the kingdom of God first. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and willing to give their lives away to see the kingdom extended among our youth. The only reasonable response to the kingdom of God is excellence. It's being focused on advancing the rule and the reign of God because we've experienced it and it is everything. It's everything. Excellence comes as a necessity to our heart's desire to see more people experience what we have experienced. And you know what? All this, everything that I've said, is complete nonsense if you haven't experienced it for yourself. Here's what I can tell you. When we live in the kingdom, when when we're able to commit to excellence because we're living in the kingdom, giving away our best improves our family relationships. It improves our work relationships. We experience love and joy and peace and all of the fruit of the spirit. Our schools feel less like prisons and they feel more like opportunities to do amazing things for God. Our communities become these giant vast places where we can um, we can leave little, little pieces, little nuggets of the kingdom everywhere we go. And, and as people pick those up, um, as we love people well, And those nuggets of the kingdom get picked up. The kingdom advances more and more and more around us, around our world. And it's amazing. See, the kingdom is not another item on your vast list. It is the ultimate goal of everything that is already on your list. And I want to say this to you today. Before you move on from this moment, I'm begging you to say yes to the kingdom so you see the world the way that we do. You see the world the way that those who have experienced the kingdom of God firsthand do. And so I want you to take a moment wherever you are and be willing to just pray. Tell God, I'm saying yes to the kingdom. I'm saying yes to the kingdom. And my heart is that no matter where you are, no matter what place you're watching this video, that you would experience the kingdom firsthand. That our God, who loves you, who loves your heart, who's gifted you to do so many great things, that he'd come, that he'd he'd fill you up, and that you would go on to your next things, filled with the Holy Spirit, seeking excellence in everything you do, extending the kingdom wherever you go that your response would be excellent because it's the only reasonable response when you truly experience it. And if you're looking to experience more of the kingdom of God in your life, I want to invite you to to send us an email um, through through our website and and to to talk to us. We'd love to meet with you and and, um, pray for you and and see the kingdom come more and more in your life so that we we can love our cities with Jesus' love and good news. That we can engage our cities, wherever wherever we live, wherever we go, whatever we do, where we work and live and play and go to school, all of those places. And so, Holy Spirit, bring Your kingdom through each and every one of us. Thank you, God, that You love us enough that we get to not only talk about it but experience it firsthand. May Your kingdom come. May Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now in our lives. Amen.